Coming to you from beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona, this is the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Join us as we take a deeper dive into mead and mead culture. I've been like, brr, brr, brr. It's part of an ICP song. I was going to actually use that <laughs> bit, but brr. then you said the S word, ooh, ooh, e. Oh, <laughs> all right um i am opening up my reddit page and the instagram so i can go back and forth and see if anyone has any questions <laughs> all right okay are you ready 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 are you ready are you I'm energized ready. i'm Look. i'm jazzed you got sleeves on and i don't have sleeves on what <laughs> Yeah, do you get you get the heat up there? I do a little bit. I bring the heat. I bring the heat. I'm not a vegetarian. I eat the meat. Oh, I'm talking oh, sausage. I'm talking beef. I'm talking chicken. I'm talking fish from the sea. Nom nom nom. Add some hot sauce. Hot Ain't sauce. no way my flavor's at a loss. Oh, when man. I'm on the mic, I'm a boss. I keep interrupting you like I was floss. <laughs> Uh, I got my notes up. I got my notes. Good. All right. Um, it's a blank page. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So I can see from my notes here that uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> awesome. All right. Ready? Here we go. All right. All right. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Drinking Horn Meadcast. <laughs> meadcast. 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 And there is the whispers of my co-host, Evan Anderson. I'm Nick Irvin, and we are, yeah, we're glad you, you clicked that button and you caused electrons to move around and now go into your brain, and hopefully they'll soon cause little funny feelings of joy. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, that's that kind of episode. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is a joyful episode. Um, so, yeah, uh, this episode is entitled Why Mead, and we're basically going to run down some generalizations of why mead is so cool. And each one of these topics that we probably end up talking about could be its own episode, I'm sure. And they might be. Stay tuned for that. More to come. And we've got questions to answer, too, from the post we put up. We do, yeah. And I'm going to try to do that for pretty much every single episode. And uh, I'll try to get it out there more than just a couple hours beforehand <laughs> next time. But I uh, just decided, you know, I'm bored, you're bored. Well, actually, we're not really bored, but we're quarantined uh, because of this COVID-19 thing. So I wanted to get an episode out there. Uh, speaking of which, before we start talking about why mead, can you give us an update, Evan, on what Drinking Horn is is able to do and is doing for sales while we're all kind of self-quarantined? Yeah, absolutely. So we are considered because we manufacture a, a food and you know i'm putting air quotes on food because it's a beverage but uh because we manufacture food and we deliver to grocery stores and so on and so forth we're considered uh, essential business so we will continue to operate for as long as we are allowed to um at this point anyway and uh we're still doing curbside service at the meadery thursday and friday 5 to 8 p.m saturday sunday uh noon to 8 so get on over there and uh, give the meadery a call and they will be uh 
running bottles out to folks' cars right now. Everybody who's out there, you know, participating in our curbside, we really appreciate it. Um, we're mm-hmm. taking the utmost care and safety and sanitation for for both you and for our workers. We want to we want to keep this train rolling. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been slowed down, but we do not want it to stop. And I think your point, what you just said, was very good about not only protecting the customers out there, but also our workers and ourselves. We've taken strides to make sure that you know if, if you don't have a conductor or or any kind of power behind the train, it's not going to go. And so we got to keep ourselves healthy as well. And absolutely. so that's great to know that at this point we're still able to get mead to the masses out there, uh, even with all this. At least so far. Hopefully, it won't go any worse but you know we'll see right and i think it's funny that you said mead for the masses because that is one of our like principles behind doing business and our price point and everything else is is we really do want to see mead for the masses out there everybody likes mead if you drink mead and you say i don't like mead it's just because you haven't found the right mead for you yet it's coming don't worry we're working on it yeah nice Cool. Uh, And yeah, I'd like to talk about that a little bit, but not in this episode because this episode is not about price points and that kind of thing. It's about just why mead is so damn cool. And so um, before we begin with that, though, I want to do a little bit of mead news, or maybe it'll be called news news of mead. Mead, 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 mead. Or mead in the news. In the news, 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 news. (laughs) All right. So uh, there's really just one little thing that I could find in this last week of uh, Mead in the News. And that was actually kind of cool. Are you familiar with the band called Bullet for My Valentine? I am. Yeah. 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 So they actually put out kind of a message out there to meteries to make a mead. They wanted to consign basically a metery to make a mead for them. And so they did that. And it's called Waking the Demon. And from little information that I could get, it looked like it was about 145 to 15%. And you can't buy it right now on Amazon or the website link that they have up. So I don't know. It was either super popular in about less than a week that it's been out or something's going on. But I thought that was kind of cool that a a band had. That is uh, cool. Do you know the, the meadery that was participating? I couldn't even find that. Yeah, that wasn't on the website either. I don't know if that was part of the deal where they would say like it's just strictly ours um, kind of thing uh, or or what. But um, to be continued, that's all I could find on that. So Well, bullet for my Valentine, if you're listening to us, we'll make you a mead. Absolutely. Or any anyone out there that – not anyone, but anyone that we enjoy uh, the musical – likings of then yeah i think well i'm speaking for you but will we make one for for a cool (laughs) kick-ass band absolutely (laughs) hit us up we'll make you a mead oh we should hit up the wicked tinkers that's their name right wicked tinkers yeah yeah they they come every year yeah i wonder what a wicked tinker mead would taste like um we'll figure that out we'll figure that out down the road that's down the road All right, so uh, let's hop in this car and drive into the episode. <laughs> I've never said anything like that before, but drive on in. It's a. I like to think it's a truck, and it just drives over things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's drive over this information. I just kind of want to do a back and forth uh, with you, um, had each other take some notes on why we think Mead is great. And then, like you said, we got some questions out there as well from the audience. And so why don't you start out? What's what's the first thing that pops into your mind about why Mead is such a great beverage? Mm, 
Well, I mean, it's fermented from honey. That's why it's so great. I mean, you could right. you could nail thanks it for, on a uh, bunch of things. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We appreciate thanks it. Thanks for listening episode, yeah. Needs kick Make sure ass. and subscribe. And uh, <laughs> please listen to more of our 30-second long episodes. <laughs> uh, meat is fermented honey. Fermented honey. I think that's, I mean, I don't know. So there's lots of reasons why I think meat is fantastic. It's it's crazy old, right? We, we don't even know how old it is, frankly. Um, it's made from honey, which just kind of seems to blow people's minds. We get a lot of people that are like, you can ferment things that aren't grain. And it's like, yeah, you can, you can ferment anything that's got sugar in it. Uh, I mean, somehow the Norwegians ferment fish that doesn't even have sugar. I'm not even too sure how that works. Gefelta fish. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. It's a, so it's fermented. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, if you, yeah, uh, have the enzymes to break down the carbohydrates into simple enough sugars where yeast can get to it. Um, so maybe they're doing something to break it down first. That's it. Let's uh, research that and um, do an episode a little bit on that. And maybe we can even have some. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm down. I'm definitely in. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's slow down. Uh, and you talked about it being ancient. Uh, what kind of information do we have to allow us to know that it's, that it's so old? Well, there's, there's historical evidence of honey on every single continent except for North America. We apparently don't have any sort of native honeybees. So we're here in Arizona and we have 1,500 different species of native bees here um, just in Arizona, but none of them make honey. So hmm. being a bee and making honey are, are not necessarily synonymous. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So they the, don't the have... The majority of bees don't make honey. Okay. All right. Um that's something we can get into too. Cause some of these episodes will be all about bees, but that's really interesting. I actually had no idea that, uh, that all of our native bees here in North America didn't make honey. And I guess assuming like a lot of people do that all bees make honey, but right, you said right. it's found on all continents except North America. And, uh, what about Antarctica? Oh, well, I don't think anything's found <laughs> on Antarctica. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I just except wanted to for make the alien ships buried under the ice, but we'll cover that in a later episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a sound effect by the way that was my mouth <laughs> that was that was actually an alien or was it <laughs> okay uh so it, it's ancient we've got evidence of it uh i've heard yeah. you say that it predates uh beer and wine is that absolutely and if you think about it it kind of makes sense because like you wouldn't necessarily have enough grain or grape sitting around in any sort of capacity enough to like ferment before having agriculture like those are yeah. definitely alcoholic beverages that had to come post agriculture whereas honey you could literally stumble across some mead in the wild so like you have an old dead tree bees move into this old dead tree animal comes along scratches it up trying to get at the honey causes a bunch of the honey to leak out of the comb down into the hollow of the tree all you need is a nicely timed rainstorm because yeast are everywhere and so a little bit of water to water down that sugar yeast land on it falling out of our air and uh, it'll start fermenting now it won't necessarily be very good but it would it would have alcohol <laughs> so like you <laughs> mead is literally the only alcoholic beverage that you could just stumble across in the wild yeah yeah it's absolutely true unless for some reason i would think that like fruit off of a a plant, a ton of it fell into a puddle and the puddle stuck around for a little while. <laughs> yeah. And I mean like, so apples, like an apple has enough sugar and water content inside of it that it'll actually start fermenting 
underneath the skin of the apple. Um, and you can get some alcohol content out of that. I think like a lot of us have seen the video of drunken chimpanzees and uh, they also have a significantly lower alcohol tolerance than us. Like don't think you can let a bunch of apples just rot in a bucket for a week and go be able to, to, to slurp them down and catch a buzz off of it. It's, it's going to be disgusting. Yeah. Truth. Now, when you're talking about a video of drunken chimpanzees, are you talking about the Viking video that we made a couple weeks ago? <laughs> Burn, <laughs> but no, no, an actual video of actual chimpanzees. Cool. I'm going to open up a little drinking horn mead right now uh, oh. to enjoy. Uh, do you want to go grab some while I open this up and talk about it? Yeah, let's let's take a, a you you open that up, talk about it. I'm going to go grab a glass of mead and I'll be uh, right back. This is this is our version of not having paid advertising. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, segment while we take a break is brought to you by Knickknack Paddywhack. Dog bones. <laughs> uh, yeah, so while he's gone, I will not push pause, but I will open this up. Here we go. Ah, that is the sound of an apple mead by Drinking Horn Meadery. I am going to glug, glug, glug here. A little bit of apple mead. And then what I am also going to do for today's episode is I'm going to open up a little ginger ale and add that to the apple mead. I really like, I like ginger beer as my number, uh oh, ah, sorry if that was a very loud sound. I like ginger beer usually, but I didn't have any ginger beer and I am not going to the store very often right now. So I think the apple and the ginger play really, really well together. They're both um, not intense in their sweetness and so they kind of, I think, bump up that that different flavor that hits the side of my tongues when i'm drinking say a bluetooth the blueberry mead or strawberry or something with a much sweeter taste i get that full tongue sweetness out of it but this just kind of plays with it and with the ginger ale it's obviously a little sweeter with the added sugar so uh give it a taste here and actually we're going to talk a little bit later about um, another thing that's really cool about mead that has to do with what I'm drinking right now. All right. looks like Evan is back. All right. I am back. What are you drinking, Nick? Since you just told everybody, but I just missed it. I did. So you're going to have to listen to the episode, Evan, to find out. Damn it. Well, <laughs> I'm drinking a strawberry vintage 2017. Ooh. I really got to go. I, I'm drinking all of my really good stuff because I need to go. <laughs> I need to go get more mead. <laughs> Oh no. Did you just open that bottle? No, this, so I actually found this in my garage and it was buried. Like I was cleaning out my garage cause I'm doing all those things that I haven't had time to do for forever. That's like the nicest part about coronavirus is like, it's allowing me to get done a ton of stuff that I've been meaning, wanting, needing to do. And, uh, now we're, now we're getting to it. So cheers. Nice. Well, school. Oh, cheers. School. Little virtual cheers. Oh, that sounded cool. Uh, yeah, no, I just told him I'm drinking an apple mead uh, with ginger ale, and I also said how I really love ginger beer better, but the ginger ale is all I had. So, damn it, supplies mm. supplies are running low. I know. Got to get out there and go shopping again some point. Uh, so it's ancient. That's really cool because I think that's one thing about mead. You can sit back and drink it and kind of, you know, you can make a mental connection with the past. I know you can with all libations, but 
to go even beyond agriculture, like the 10,000 years ago and think beyond that to, um, you know, the, the guys stumbling upon it and, you know, getting kind of tipsy off of, uh, off of bees. And I bet you, well, I was going to say that the relationship with bees may have changed right there, uh, with humans and bees. Once they found out that they could make something that would get them tipsy. Uh, my thing, my first thing on my list was about how simple of a beverage it is. And when you look at the ingredients of mead and what goes into the product, it is honey, yeast, and water. And of course, you can start adding, you know, spices, fruits, all that kind of thing. But it is a very, very simple drink. And I think there's something to be said about that as well when you are trying to simplify things either going into your body or in your life. You know, we're all kind of looking for that, maybe even especially right now, um, simplifying things. It is a simple drink. And I think that's kind of part of one of your sayings at Drinking Horn. Absolutely. Live simply, drink simply. Yeah. And so that was one thing that I thought was really cool about it is it is so simple. If you're looking at beer, sure, beer is just grain water, yeast, and hops. But, um, sorry, I'm going to edit out that. <laughs> That's funny you how much that? it distracted you. Yeah, just barely. Fucking dogs. Dags? <laughs> you like dags? <laughs> I like Gedevans better. <laughs> so even with beer, you've got, sure, you've got just grain, water, yeast, and hops. But within that grain, it's it can get very complex. And within the hops, it can get very complex. And what I mean by complex is lots of different components that play with the water and yeast and, and play with each other. And <laughs> play with each other. Um, and that's not a put down. Complexity in a drink is a beautiful, beautiful thing. But... We're talking about mead, we're talking about simple, we're talking about things that don't play a lot with each other. I think that's part <laughs> of what makes it like so easy to pair with so many foods and stuff too, is that we don't have those sharp tannin notes in most of our meads. We don't have hops in most of our meads. We don't have anything that's, I mean, we do have those in specific meads, but like we don't have any of that in in everything. And so it's it makes it really easy to pair with a lot of stuff because there's no no super sharp flavors in there. Nice. That's another great thing about meat is the pairings. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It can be sometimes kind of hard to, you know, pair a, uh, a Saison, but it, I mean, it's fun to, to pair some beers and wines, but mead. Yeah. Um, I think the simplicity comes out again, apple mead. You're like, Oh yeah. Uh, tilapia fish, you know, something like that. You're like cranberry mead. Oh, definitely. What would you say? Poultry. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely like, especially like a white meat, like a turkey. Turkey. Now it is well known throughout the Midwest that the old man is a turkey junkie. <laughs> a bona fide golly turkicanus freak. So with that simplicity, I think you wanted to go into the question that we had. And do you remember what the question was? Yeah, I think the question was let me let me get it verbatim. I don't wanna mm-hmm. I don't wanna paraphrase nobody. No. Yeah. The question we got came in from Eric Walters, uh, through his account, tap that AZ podcast, which is a great podcast. If you're into craft beer in Arizona, uh, you should definitely check it out. He does a great, great job. He's been doing it for a long time. So I just want to plug that while you're looking for the quote. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That was a, a good plug. And I was listening to you and stopped even looking. It's, it's amazing how <laughs> far down my attention span has gone since I've been home. It's fascinating. All right. <clears throat> so the quote was, 
or the question was, I'd love to know the science behind mead hangovers being more mild than others. Or is it just me? Question mark. It's not. It's not you. No. Or it's not just you. <laughs> it's not just you. Yeah. Because we get we do. We get a lot of people saying that. That they're like, How come how come I can drink so much mead and feel wake up feeling great? And like I always recommend to people to like don't don't overdo anything. I think if you overdo anything, you're gonna wake up feeling like shit. Here's the deal. I've got a hangover. Who knows what that means? Doesn't that mean you're drunk? No. It means I was drunk yesterday. Um, you know, moderation and all things. But uh, but I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of different answers to that. And I think you have you have the science answer, Nick, that I want you to get out. And I'm gonna have my crazy hearsay answer that I'm gonna get out. <laughs> all right. I'll go uh, science, you go spiritual. <laughs> Sounds good. Cool. So, and, and I even thought this might make a great, uh, by itself episode. And so we might you know dig even deeper into it. Uh, I'm not going to go into all the absolutely super specifics. Um, and one of those reasons is because, uh, science doesn't understand it completely. Doesn't, doesn't understand hangovers. <clears throat> We've got our thoughts, uh, but there's a lot of things playing into it. So when you think about a hangover, some of the symptoms you feel are, you know, nausea, headache, uh, let you're feeling very lethargic, tired. Um, what else? Uh, just, um, possibly irritable, possibly like not really motivated. And so you just feel overall just blah. Uh, the technical term blah is used a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, so there's a couple different things and people have heard dehydration probably the most. They've heard that that's what happens is you get dehydrated and that's why you have a hangover. And we found more and more that that's not that that's part of it, but it's actually not that big a part of it. Because if you think about it, if you wake up in the morning and you have a bad hangover and you drink water, you've rehydrated yourself. You could drink like a couple good glasses and get nice and rehydrated, but you still have a hangover. Like you still feel gross. It, we found that it's not the complete story. And so some of the other things that have built up uh, when you've been drinking all night are some of these chemicals, your body will take the alcohol and break it into a toxin. Uh, I mean, alcohol in itself, ethanol. So we're talking about ethanol. That's the alcohol. Uh, ethanol is a toxin to your body and has to go through the liver and get processed um, and got and gotten gotten rid of, got gotten rid of it. <laughs> but your body breaks it down into uh, acetaldehyde. And that is even more like 30 times as much of a toxin to your body, but then your body will take that acetaldehyde and break it down into, um, into, uh, a, a, a acid. No, not acetone. That's bad. That's fingernail polish remover, uh, acetic acid. Mm -hmm. And so once it does that, you're, you're good. So it takes a little time. It's like putting in the, the, toxin and then breaking down the toxin. But when you're overloading that system, all of a sudden your body is just breaking down the ethanol and can't process as fast enough. Your liver gets overloaded. And so you have all this acetaldehyde buildup in your system, um, causing, you know, cellular malfunction and stuff like that. So, um, but then one more point, the, the point to me, the biggest one I feel like, although next to yours uh, in, in a second <laughs> is something called, uh, congeners. And these are, the word congener just means like a lot of chemicals in the same category, but for alcohol purposes, congen, uh, congeners are 
all of the little things that are produced during fermentation. So you got things like esters and you talked about tannins before and there's ketones and all these little chemicals that are created during fermentation that you ingest in the alcohol. And those are just disrupting your, your body's functioning. Um, it's overloading it in some ways and, and taking away from others. And your body has to process all these different little, little things that are running all around your body that weren't before. Now, we've looked at different alcoholic beverages and seen that not all alcoholic beverages are the same. They don't produce the same amount of congeners. And if you think about things like like beer or brandy or wine, they have more stuff. And we'll just call it stuff. It has more stuff in it for your body to deal with. Now, if you go back to mead and, and put it in the same category as, say, like vodka or gin, some of these lighter spirits that don't have a lot in them except for just alcohol, Mm-hmm. these have less congeners in them. So your body has less to try to take care of and you get less of a hangover, less of an intense hangover. And mead, I feel like is right there. Uh, you don't hear about mead talked about in these discussions, but it's water, yeast, honey, that's it. And that's so you it. don't have these these esters and these tannins, which can bring beautiful flavors. You know, these phenols and all these things create awesome, awesome flavors, but they also have a big part to do with your body having to break them down. So I think the biggest thing about mead not giving you is an intensive a hangover. Again, usually meads are somewhere from what, like 10 to 16%. So you got to be careful. Anything will give you a hangover. <laughs> um, but it has less for your body to deal with, less of these congeners. And I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like you're not, <clears throat> your body's kind of like a big filter plate. And so if you're clogging up your <laughs> filter plate with all kinds of junk, like it's, it's not going to function as effectively. All right, you just basically I'm going to cut everything I said out and I'm just going to put in that. That was perfect. <laughs> I can't use words with multisyllables, Nick. It just don't work for me. So well, I worked, like that though. That was that was the very sciency. That was the the breakdown of of how it goes and and Nick was a teacher, so don't don't push him. He'll get more sciency. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't talk to the kids necessarily about, you know, hangovers. <laughs> about how to ferment um, in their toilet or anything, but Oof, not in the toilet. We did in class once kind of by accident, not by accident, but we made root beer. And I thought back on it, like, I don't know, a couple years later. And I was like, you know what? I think we, I think we probably had some alcohol in that because <laughs> <laughs> we, we would talk about aerobic and anaerobic, uh, respiration. And so anaerobic without oxygen, uh, fermentation is what creates alcohol. So, uh, yeah, so I, I think I did accidentally make some alcohol, uh, in class once. <laughs> yeah. You know, helps them learn. Yeah. The things, yeah, the so, things they learn in school these days, I tell you. Yeah, right? I was wondering why those kids like wanted to take it home so bad. It tasted gross. I was like, no, it's gross. Why do you want it? And they're just like, we just want to take it home. <laughs> now I know why. They're smarter <laughs> now than me. Now I understand. <laughs> so my, my less scientific, I have much less evidence <laughs> for this view. But so like we were saying earlier, you know, Mead's been around for since before we've been writing anything down. So it's been around thousands of years, probably before, before beer and wine, the oldest known evidence is like 7,000 BC in Northern China also goes back to that whole meat is from everywhere kind of a thing. Um, but I tend to think that we've been being that mead was definitely like our first alcohol that we were drinking. I tend to think that we've been drinking this stuff for so long that 
it's it's basically like co-evolved with us on some level. I mean, bees definitely mm. have co-evolved with us on some level, but the, our bodies over time have learned to adapt to processing mead better than we process other alcohols. And like we've learned recently in the last 10, 15 years, how like how very different a few hydrogen and oxygen position changes even on a large carbohydrate molecule can end up causing cancer or can be digestible or not digestible or whatever the case is, right, with the sugars. Um, we've definitely found that out. And so I think alcohol is the same way. You change a few little, you know, alcohol is a very, like, ge generic term. And I think you change a few little O's and H's on there. And I think we process things, you know, better or worse. And so I think it's possible that, like, we've kind of evolved over time to be able to better handle the alcohol from meat because it really is so like humans ability to process alcohol is part of one of our superpowers right we have we have awesome <laughs> brains that allow us to to see lots of pattern and so on and so forth we have these cool thumb things that uh allow us to to do finely tuned operations <laughs> like video games and uh and so i think like one of our our third superpower is actually that like we can turn alcohol into energy you know we don't have to and and very safely and healthily wise essentially like we can turn alcohol directly into energy which isn't something that all mammals can do so it's it's not one of those like universal across the boards like this is something relatively unique to a small group of animals to be able to process alcohol take a poison essentially right and turn it into energy so anyway, I think that like part of the reason that we don't get a hangover from meat is because we've literally been drinking it for so long that like if you got a hangover from drinking mead back in the day when we were still cavemen, like you slept through the saber toothed tiger coming into your camp and killing you. So like <laughs> it's, uh, you know, evolution has helped us weed out those people that didn't respond as well to a mead hangover. So, you know, we've got that going. <laughs> you heard it right here. Evan says... Our ability to process alcohol is our third superpower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's absolutely true, the different types of alcohol. It is a generic term, like like we, we're talking about ethanol, uh, but there's also methanol, which just a little change can become highly toxic and cause you to, you know, your optic nerve to degrade and <laughs> you to become blind. So, um, yeah, I think that's a great thought about the longer humans have been with a certain thing, the longer we've coexisted with it, the longer we've co-evolved with it. Someone had a mutation that caused them to process it better and not have a hangover. Yeah, that person will survive death-threatening environments in the morning better, <clears throat> could go out and impress the women better and therefore uh, giving them more children. Um, and I bring that up because, you know, fitness and, and evolution is all about genetic, uh, giving your genetics, uh, passing your genes on. So fecundity. Oh, fecundity. You said you couldn't use multiple syllables. I just Googled it. I Googled it while you were talking. <laughs> All right, cool. So it's a simple beverage. Uh, that was a very short answer <laughs> we yeah. gave to to Eric's question. Um, it was actually very long, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that answers your question. That's a science of why we think that mead gives you less of a hangover than other alcohols. But again, every alcohol will give you a hangover if you drink it enough and on empty stomachs and all that stuff. So enjoy responsibly, please. Indeed, indeed. All right, so another one that I have down for why meat is so damn cool is its low impact. And what I'm talking about is its low impact on 
uh, I hate saying on the environment, but on ecosystems, specifically agricultural ecosystems. And the reason I say that, if you think about wine or beer or uh, distilled things, whether that comes from uh, rice or potatoes or any of that kind of thing, um, that's an agricultural product that we we create. And again, I'm not talking bad about one thing. I'm just going to talk up the other. Mead, on the other hand, doesn't take an agricultural product per se. I mean, I know bees have to go and hit the flowers of different plants, but that is that that's an additional gift to those plants and to the land in some cases if you're talking about some wildflowers and things like that. Totally. You're talking about a product that takes up the agricultural footprint of how many ever um, beehives need to be placed somewhere. And it's no it's no mechanical, you know, like whether you're looking at, at a, a vineyard or grain or potatoes, like any of those as agricultural products take heavy equipment. They take big machinery to be able to process it. I tried to grow my own wheat one year. It was terrible. I had like a eight by 16 that I worked extremely hard to seed and keep the wheat going. And uh, I ended up losing a lot to animals and gophers and everything else. And by the time I got through, you know, harvesting all that wheat, I made about a, about a loaf of bread. <laughs> it's like six <laughs> months worth of work for a loaf of bread. It just wasn't, it wasn't going to make any sense to have as a crop for us. Um, so like to do grain, like to make it anything even close to efficiency, it's like economy of numbers for sure. And so like to any of most of those industries require having big, heavy, equipment to do it. And like, if, if you run an apiary, which is a fancy word for a beekeeper, if you run an apiary, like you, you can't, you don't use heavy equipment for anything. Um, you don't, it is very much a job that is, is hands on people hands. And that's, that's about all you can do. There is never going to be any mechanization of the bee industry. Um, we don't use pesticides in, in, anything, right? Like, I mean, you, you can't have pesticides and bees coexisting in the same place. It doesn't work super well. Um, hmm. so there's no pesticide use. There's no big machinery. There's no heavy equipment that's required to do any of this stuff. It, you can, you can do it without using any gasoline pretty much whatsoever, except for transporting stuff back and forth. Um, which is still a cost, you know, there's still always a footprint to everything, but, but it, it definitely is as, as far as green, I'm using air quotes, whoosh, whoosh, um, as far as green goes, like you can't, you can't find a more green beverage than meat. Uh, yeah, there's no such thing as a free lunch, but this lunch is pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, that's why I like it, the low impact of it. So yeah. What else do you have about why meat is so cool? Supporting bees is in general good right now. And so making mead means that we have to have X number of bees to be able to produce X number of honey to make X number of bottles of mead. And so every meadery that's out there is, is actively involved in trying to help support our pollinators, whether it's on a local level or a national level, um, because they're extremely important to us. And, it, and it's awesome that like something that is extremely important to us for business is also extremely important to us as humans for, for food. Anything that is a, a gymnosperm, you know, like 
Wait, wait, I messed that up. See, this is why I don't use big words. Yeah, (laughs) angio. There we go. Anything that's a flowering plant requires a bee or some sort of other creature to be able to go and pollinate it. There are lots of other pollinators, but bees are definitely the primary. I mean, if you have a little garden in your backyard, try getting some bees and see how much more your garden will produce the next year. It's, It's amazing. Yeah. Yep. Supporting bees is an awesome thing. (laughs) And I actually had that written down as well. And so (laughs) cool. Uh, So another thing that I have about why meat is so damn cool is kind of, it's kind of funny, but it's, it allows us to delve into cool Viking shit. Hell yes. (laughs) Even though, like you said at the top, mead is in every continent and our oldest uh, evidence of it is actually from China instead of these Norwegian and Norse kind of areas. But there's no doubt that it's tied to cool Viking shit. Oh, man. Undoubtedly. I mean, our company named Drinking Horn, right? Like the whole idea behind that is like it's very associated with all of the the Norse. You know, we definitely think of it coming from that sort of a region. And Drinking Horn is the very first vessel that humans were drinking out of that wasn't disgusting. So like, but when I say that, I'm talking like we used to, you know, there's lots of parts of the animal that you can use as a fluid carrier, like the bladder, <laughs> the stomach, these other things. And like oh. the Drinking Horn, that's, that's the best part. That's the best part of the animal to drink out of. Nice. I do not want to go too far into drinking horn. Just <laughs> I don't want to because I have an outline already for an episode specifically talking about the history of the drinking horn. Yeah. And so I'm starting to research on that. And I want to put that out there to people listening right now. If you have any questions about a drinking horn, uh, if you know anything about drinking horn or know a lot of stuff about the drinking horn, in the history hit us up. Absolutely. We're going to put together an episode and educate people on drinking horn. Uh, it nice. is our name. And so therefore we are going to go deep into that uh, that, uh, that podcast for sure. I like that. You can go deep into horns for sure. It's, it's actually the history of it is really, really cool. Really, really. Yeah. Cool. Some of the stuff I'm learning now about like the Greeks and what they did, um, is, is really cool. So look forward to that. And so, yeah, yeah we can talk about cool Viking stuff, uh, with, with mead. They took it and ran with it and, and made it a huge part of their culture. And <clears throat> I'm really enjoying learning in the last couple of months about, about Norse and Norse mythology and like getting away from, yeah, yeah, like um, these these prayers and these rituals and stuff like that. Um, Otheror, I believe, is the the Viking prayer. It's it's so it's part of uh, Otheror is like supposed to be the the meat of poetry or the meat of knowledge. Is, oh, is poetry. loosely what it translates to, and so in in Norse mythology, where humans got mead was that Odin was. Basically, he turned himself into a snake, went through a tiny hole in this wall, and stole a bunch of mead from a giant. And he stole this mead from the giant by sucking it into his mouth, breaking back out of that wall, and running his way back home. And while he was running his way back home and being chased by this giant, he was kind of spilling it out of his mouth as he ran. And what literally fell out of Odin's mouth to the earth is the mead that we have today. (laughs) (laughs) Yummy. (laughs) There's Some of the Norse mythology is so cool. It's got such weird stuff. Yeah. So you're saying he baby birded us. Yeah, totally. Like we have mead because Odin baby birded us. Yeah, or mama birded us or, <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Whichever <laughs> he end. mama birded us. Whoever's yeah. puking, oh, whoever's swallowing. Not whichever end, please. 
Yeah, and I don't want to go too far into that because that's another episode. This is just we're just hitting these topics, and like I said at the beginning, we're touching. these we're can touching these can them. we're just touching, twink twink, just a little touch, a little, little toucharoo, just a little, tickle. A little tap tappy, just a tap and tickle. Ooh, the tap and tickle. That could be an interesting uh, tap room bar. <laughs> the tap and tickle. You're like, oh, I kind of want to go in, but I'm worried that I might get tickled too much and pee my pants, and it would be socially embarrassing. Okay, I'm going to instantly go to the next topic. So <laughs> uh, do you have another one before I uh, go down more of my list? No, I think I think for me, part of why I like bees and mead and the whole thing in general is I grew up raising bees. Um, mm. And I also grew up being a hooligan. So the fact that I never tried to ferment honey when I was a kid and make my own booze kind of blows my mind to be honest with you i don't know why i never did that it's easy enough kids if you're listening don't don't do that at home i hope you're not listening to this kids it's 21 and over um so i think that's i really i really enjoy being able to make a product that comes from an animal and not one that we're straight up harvesting you know like i i run a little mini farm here at home and we we slaughter our chickens and everything else and like the bees aren't that way like we're we're helping them definitely we're we're propagating them we're helping them increase in numbers and so it's as long as you're safely handling the bees like you're you're not hurting them at all in this whole process and it's very much like a a mutual benefit kind of thing. I take the honey from them when they have extra, and then we check on them through the the lean times of the year and make sure that they have honey when they wouldn't otherwise. So it's kind of a, a little give and take between between us and the bees. And I've always loved animal husbandry. Um, I think it's important, and and so this is kind of just you know continuing that on in a whole new weird different direction. That's awesome, man. Cool. That's a huge personal uh, story about why why mead's so cool, and there's probably more people out there that have similar stories. And what a great connection to make between not only you know the product you're creating, but the uh, other producers, the flying, buzzing, stinging producers that are out there. I like to think uh, that we work pretty hard, but I know those bees work way harder than we do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, millions of flowers. Millions and millions and millions of flower visits. It's crazy. If you want to know how many flower visits it takes to make a pound of honey, we're not going to tell you right here. You're going to have to go back to our Instagram feed, scroll down or Facebook and find uh, the answer. <laughs> it might blow you away. People right now are like, what do you mean? I could just Google it real fast. <laughs> Darn. Google has ruined everything. I tell you what, Google and Amazon. Just have they? I don't know. Hold on. Let me Google it and see. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you ask Google if Google has ruined everything? It's indeed a Bing and says, good luck with that. Yeah. Have fun with your useless <laughs> search engine. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, one of the last things I have, and I'll kind of make it my last thing I actually talked about while you went and got your meat. I talked to everybody um, about this. I was creating a mead cocktail. And I think one of the coolest yes. things about mead is the ability to make these mixers and these cocktails. It really blends well, not only because of its ability to, to, to add flavor wise, but also most meads, there are session meads out there, but most meads are pretty high alcohol. We're talking about 
like I said, 10 to 16% seems to be the average. Uh, 13% is our base. And so to be able to cut that is is nice and you can have a couple of them. So I just want to talk just, you know, briefly about cocktails because we'll, I'm going to have Kelly on, uh, your wife and co-founder uh, of Drinking Horn Meadery on another podcast to talk about the cocktails Queen specifically. Bee. The Queen Bee. There you go. And there is no King Bee, so you're just basically a worker. Yeah. No, I get thrown out in the fall to starve. Yeah. 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 That's... That's, no, please don't do that. We need you, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all right. I'll be all right. I buried potatoes in the yard last year. I'll be all right. <laughs> what? Okay. I don't know how that, what that has to do with you not dying. Oh, because you can go get them. I yeah. got you. Wow, that took a second. I'm like a little like... squirrel. <laughs> yeah, because you're always looking for your nuts. Oh, whoa. okay. That's a, that might be an added point. I don't know. We haven't gotten very weird in this one, and we promised everyone that we would get weird. Yeah. Maybe that was as weird as it gets this time. Yeah. We should drink. Next time I'm going to start drinking before the episode. Good. Good call. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's huge. All right. Speaking of drinking before the episode, you can create cocktails with this uh, quick name me three of your favorite combinations. I'm putting you on the spot right now. Oh man. So right off the top of the bat, first one on the list, Valhalla sunset. You take mm. our Bluetooth mead and we'll have to explain at some point why we call it Bluetooth. Oh, there's, mm-hmm. there we go. And uh, you take our Bluetooth mead, but first you take some ice cubes, throw it in a glass, throw some orange soda of your preferred type. I'm a freak. I love, I love things that aren't actually <laughs> flavored like the thing they should be. I love grape and orange, but really I love purple and orange. So anyway, um, take a little bit of the orange soda, throw it in the bottom, throw some ice cubes in there, pour your mead onto the ice cubes. Do not pour into the soda. Pour it onto the ice cubes, and then it floats on top like a black and tan or something like that. Really? And it gets this beautiful striation, and we're calling it the Valhalla Sunset. I know. Wow. It's that tasty. is so cool. It tastes That's even crazy. better than it looks. It's super fun. Well, we'll post up a picture. I took one last time I was drinking one. Nice. Um, Valhalla Sunset. Oh man. So all we need to do is <laughs> keep recording when we don't think we're recording cuz yeah, shit just got weird. We promised you weirdness, but you don't you didn't get to see it. Had to do with a uh, finger and eyeball and uh who knows what else. Shit got weird. Okay, so we got cut off. I don't know what happened, but you were in the middle of talking about Actually, you talked about it already pretty well, but the Valhalla Sunset. Yes, definitely a favorite. Sound like a beautiful drink. Um so that's number 1, but I asked you for 3. Yep. So number 2 um, I know, I know Hall <laughs> you Bjorn. You said number two. <laughs> I know Hall Bjorn already has a name for this one, and I don't know the name, but it's the uh, the coffee mead and eggnog during the winter time. Mm. Damn, that shit's good. That sounds iffy, but I'll take your word for it. Coffee mead and eggnog. It's delicious. Who needs rum when you have coffee mead? So right. number three. Number three. I've got a lot of them in my head. And I'm so, I've definitely found that I'm a somewhat of a non-taster. So my, my palate is terrible. But uh, <laughs> I think my, my favorite, cranberry mead and Sprite. It's a pretty tasty one. I know I keep hmm. mixing our meads with sodas here, but uh, cranberry <laughs> mead and some sort of like a, a Sprite or a lime soda is pretty delicious stuff. So Yeah. yeah. Nice. nice. That's my Good three. job on that. Those are my on top that quick three. three. Yeah. 
Uh, right on. So I think we covered a lot of things about why meat is so cool. I think uh, people out there listening have a better idea maybe about why meat is so cool. But I also know that people out there listening right now, you, you listening right there. I see you. I see you. That's a really cool shirt, by the way. Did you go to that concert or just buy it online later? Nah, you yeah, bought I'm looking it online. at you. I knew it. Yeah. No, no, he's saying he went to the show. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I miss her. I miss her. Yeah. So <laughs> I know people out there listening absolutely have their own thoughts and ideas about why meat is so damn cool and we want to hear it. So I want you guys to let us know in any form or fashion, whether it's a direct message, whether it's in a comment somewhere, trust me, we'll find it. We'll find you. Uh, and we will put together a little post and, and include you on there and include some of the quotes, uh, some of the good ones about why meat is so damn cool. So look forward to hearing all of our fans talking about that. Absolutely. And if you have any questions too, we're, we're hoping this podcast stirs up some questions in people with our half finished thoughts. So hopefully like you hear something and you're like, Oh, well, what about more about that? Like hit us up with that question. We're all, we're all about answering things. And right now we're so small, you're almost guaranteed to get an answer. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, and, and I'll try to get that out there a lot sooner. I didn't give people a lot of time, uh, so I apologize for that. But I do want, and we said this in one of our other episodes, that we want you guys to to run this engine, to keep this engine going. And whether it's a simple question as in, you know, what kind of honey do you use? We could sit there and talk about that forever. Or if it's a complicated question, like what's the science of a hangover from, you know, Tap That AZ podcast, ask that. That's a great question, um, but it doesn't have to be a very intense question question. Uh, we just want the questions. We want the questions, we want the comments. We want the involvement because community is what it's all about. And since we're all being community from our own little isolated <laughs> rooms at this point, let's, uh, let's, let's get some community going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be putting out more and more episodes and, uh, growing this community. So cool. Well, thank you, Evan, for joining us, uh, taking the time out from all the crazy, I'm sure paperwork and stuff you're still working on, even though you're not in the office and you're kind of keeping away as we all are you have plenty to do because there's this little thing called a meat hall that will be coming at us hopefully <laughs> if everything in the world goes right uh, sooner than later yeah absolutely in fact when we uh, when we get done with this i'm going to send you a picture of our current status there it's beautiful oh nice awesome well uh tap that az podcast just uh started a, a live feed on instagram so i'm gonna go check that out <laughs> nice um, yeah, thanks again for joining us. Uh, another episode of the Meadcast, and we don't have a tagline yet, I don't think, but uh, a simple beverage for simple times. Or what is it? Live simply, drink simply. There you go. So everyone out there, we hope you're enjoying each other. Actually, not enjoying each other, staying quarantined right now because of coronavirus, but enjoying other parts of life and hoping that you are living simply and drinking simply. Skull. <laughs> we'll work on that. Skull. That's what we're ending on. Skull. 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 Skull, 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 Should do that Budweiser commercial with the frogs. Skull, why? Skull, skull, need her. Need skull. I like the butt wiper. <laughs> but wiper. Oh, you never saw that commercial making fun of the Budweiser? Not that I remember, but uh. <laughs> All right. Well, but I'll I'll Google it. I'll Google that. Bing it. Bing. Channel the beam. <laughs> You're not going to find anything. <laughs>